everybody knows we're back yet because we've been two months off, right? We've been this two, we took a break for two months. But now we're back and we're going to be back on schedule. So tell your friends, <laughs> invite them to come back again. We're back. Um, and I'm really, um, I'm really excited to be back tonight. It was great prayer tonight for me. Uh, and um, great praise and worship. I was praying so intently that I was not paying attention to people who were coming to us for prayer, <laughs> so I apologize for that. Uh, but it was a really, um, really beautiful night to pray before our Lord. So I'm really uh, happy to introduce to you tonight our speaker for tonight. Um, I've known Maureen Yantis since um, maybe around, I don't know, 99 or so, probably a good... I don't know, 15, 16, 17 years. Wow, hard to believe, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Maureen was the first one to try to talk me into taking a job at the cathedral in Rabbit City. Um, but at the time she was convincing me, she didn't know that I had already accepted a job at the cathedral in Rapid City <laughs> because it wasn't public information yet. But that's kind of one of my first memories of Maureen was her trying to, trying to um, you know, as they say, God has a beautiful plan for your life. I'm sorry, God loves you very much and Maureen has a beautiful plan for your life. <laughs> anyway, um, she's been a good friend and a great witness to Christ for me, so please welcome Maureen Yantis. Thanks, Susan. Okay, I gotta tell you, Susan asked me to do this when? In October or November? Because she asked me for December, but it was Father Peter's funeral. But when she asked me, I very reluctantly said yes. And the only reason I said yes is because if you know Susan, she's kind of hard to say no to, but also because I love her and I thought I was doing her a favor. Well, <laughs> through the past several months, in reflecting on what God wanted me to say, I realized that God was doing me a favor by inviting me to reflect <laughs> on all of his blessings and what he's done in my life. And before this, I did ask... Father and Susan to pray for me, specifically that I wouldn't cry, and they said no, they, would, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. So if I do, it's not my fault. <laughs> okay, as you all know, we are just two weeks from, I'm sorry, Jacques, for, we're just two weeks from Lent, and I thought I was gonna talk about, a little about Lent, and I still might, but before I even get there, you need to have some background or the rest of my story won't make any sense. My parents grew up in Winter, South Dakota, a small town, and they're kind of an unlikely couple. They came from very different backgrounds, different religions, different political parties, different economic situations, different what do you call it, nationalities? They were just from different families. But my dad ran away from home when he was 16, <coughs> dropped out of high school, and joined the Army. 
My mother stayed home, graduated from high school, and went to college, but all that time they didn't know each other. When she returned from college, the young ladies in town started corresponding with the soldiers that were away. And through that correspondence, she kind of developed a relationship with my dad, then a romance in, in 1953. Beautiful, red-headed Peggy Kelly married the handsome soldier, Ellis Kuzitsky, and started their family. In 10 years, they had eight children. Boom, boom, boom. My brother Bill, myself, Colleen, Patrick, and Kathleen. And when Kathleen was two, my mom died. My father was unable to care for us by himself, and so the family kind of split up. We all lived in town, and we remained very close. But my big brother and I moved in with the Kellys, and my other siblings moved in with the Kaczynskis. Okay, the Kellys, the Kelly family, consisted of my grandfather, William Kelly, and his two daughters, Aunt Mary Kelly and Aunt Catherine Kelly. Neither Mary or Catherine got married because Aunt Mary had been completely paralyzed with rheumatoid arthritis since she was 16 years old. And Catherine kind of stayed home to take care of her and her dad and worked in the city in winter. Okay, the Kelly family was great. They were very, very proud of two things. One was their Irish heritage and the other was their Catholic faith. And they were passionate about both. And moving in with them was a great time because our diocese had a Catholic, or an Irish, of course he had a Catholic bishop, had an, <laughs> had an Irish bishop, Bishop McCarty. And sometime around that time, we also had an Irish parish priest, Father, um, what was his name? But you know, I can't remember his name. Father O. Oh, there he is. No. No. <laughs> anyway, I'll think of it. But because Aunt Mary was a shut-in, we often had the priest, the bishop came by a couple times to offer mass or give her Holy Communion. And we were really raised in a great, fun, Catholic, Irish environment. And they took their faith very seriously. We, our life, we grew up really around the cycles of the church. We celebrated all the holy days, the feast days, the month of May, we had May altars, we said family rosary, Advent was great, we got to light the Advent candles and pray. But the season I remember most is Lent, okay? This is how Lent happened at the Kelly house when I was little. A Couple days before Ash Wednesday, my Aunt Mary would gather us around and say, you know, Lent's coming. So somber time, we're going to reflect on what Jesus suffered and did for us and what are you going to do for Lent. And we think about it, and I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, and I'd go back and forth, okay, I'm going to give up dessert, candy, gum, TV, what will it be this year? This year it's going to be dessert, I'm going to give up dessert. And Mary say, fine. Lent started, come home the first week of Lent, proud that I resisted the temptation, 
to have my dessert, go right to turn on the TV and watch the cartoons. Aunt Mary's voice, Maureen, hey honey, what are you doing? Watching cartoons? Oh, Maureen, it's Lent. I don't think you should be watching cartoons. And Mary, I gave up dessert, you know, and she said, good, but why don't we keep the TV off? Then the weekend would come and I'd say, the kids are going roller skating in Dallas, can I go? Oh, Maureen, why don't you wait till Easter? It's Lent, we can do better things with our time during Lent. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> the weekend would come. Can we have some friends over for anything? Well, no, I thought maybe today we would prepare for the Stations of the Cross tomorrow since it is Lent. <laughs> there was never a kid that rejoiced more at Easter than me. <laughs> but I am just going to kind of Fast forward to when I was in college. Okay, grew up there, went to Catholic school, graduated from high school, went on to college, and by the time I was a sophomore in college, not only had my mother died, uh, not only had my mother died, but my Grandpa Kelly had died, my Aunt Mary Kelly had died, my Grandma and Grandpa Kaczynski had died, and my little brother, who was born with Down syndrome, wasn't able to be cared for at home anymore, so he was sent to Redfield. And as a sophomore in college, I never felt deprived, you know, that I didn't have a mother, but I always had felt something missing, and I always had a kind of a I don't know, I was kind of embarrassed to tell people in college, everyone in winter knew my situation, but I went to college, parent weekend would come and different things, and I didn't want to go into the whole story, you know, and there was a missing part somewhere in my heart, even though the people that cared for me was wonderful. About that time, Sister Veronica Fassbender, my biology professor, invited me to go to her prayer group who was sponsoring a Life in the Spirit seminar. And I love sisters, so I said, okay, I will go. And I went, and it was great. I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Life in the Spirit seminar, but back then it was a seven-week program, basically, to help you know how much Jesus loves you and desire to follow him. And part of it is surrendering yourself and opening up to the Holy Spirit. Okay, but I didn't know all that when I got into it. So went week one, week two, week three, week four, week five, and then came the week where they were gonna pray over me to receive the Holy Spirit, and I became petrified, super petrified. Number one, I thought, nothing's gonna happen. I'm gonna go and nothing's gonna happen. Number two, I thought, 
if something does happen and I surrender myself to the Lord and allow him really charge over my life, I am never gonna have any fun. I had just turned 21, I could drink, I'm in college. I thought, I will never have any fun. My whole life is gonna be like Lent when I was a kid. And so I kind of panicked and I had not told any of my friends I was doing this because it was kind of embarrassing. I didn't want to be too goody two-shoes. But I did call my sisters and say, I know you think this is crazy, but I got involved in something and I am scared to death. And my two younger sisters said, Maureen, we have been praying for you for three months because something similar, their pastor and their church had something similar to the Life in the Spirit seminar. And they had both been prayed over and received the gifts of the Spirit and were dying for the Lord to touch me that way. So the day came, I went to the prayer meeting, I sat smack dab in the middle of the room and these sisters and people came and prayed over me. And boom, I suddenly felt like I would imagine, well like I know because I have kids, a love that a mother has and she sees a baby. I felt surrounded with God's love, really rocked in his arms, and heard, I will not leave you orphaned, and I will not abandon you. So that kind of began, really, my love affair with the church, because God showed me through the next several years that he gave me a mother, and of course, we all know our Blessed Mother, but he gave me a mother and our Holy Mother, the Church. His bride is my mother. And through the years, that became even clearer as, you know, as I baptized my kids, but even reflecting on how, you know, it's really through the womb of our Mother Church we are baptized and born into life with Christ. And I was like, wow, this is great. And, you know, the Eucharist, I kept thinking, especially when I had my own kids, you know, a mother, a nursing mother, you know, does more than nourish her baby. Her milk also protects them with the antibodies and from disease, and I think, and through the church, Jesus gives himself to us. And he more than nourishes us spiritually, he protects us. You know, he protected me through all of this. And so my relationship with the Holy Mother, the church, got even stronger when I became a mother. And even at the times, I'm going to go back, because there were times in our life, my life, that you would really want your mother there. And I remember before I got married thinking, 
would be great if mom was here to see this. But standing on the altar, looking at my husband's to be, the father's here, there, and the body of Christ, you know, the body of Christ in the pews, I felt the love of a mother and her presence through the church really powerfully, but no more powerfully than when I had my first baby. And I learned that in my life, the church has been what a perfect mother would be. You know, she has instructed me when we were trying to figure out how many kids we were going to have or all of this and thinking, oh God, we can't just have a bunch of kids. We can't do contraception. How are we going to do this? Boom, she gave us Shumani Vitae and instructed us in how to be parents, how to be open to God's love. You know, as we baptized our children, you know, even through the priest and the instruction we got, we were taught more than an earthly mother could teach us. And, um, you know, and especially through, well, those joyous occasions, but also the tragedies. You know, I was at my brother's bedside when he died, but I was not alone there either. You know, Father came and anointed him, and the friends within the church comforted me like only a mother could. And so, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> um, Liam, how was I going to end it? <laughs> he said it a couple times. But anyway, so that every single thing I said is a story in itself. So if you want to hear more, just come over for coffee or something. <laughs> because my life really has been a journey in the Lord, and he has blessed me more than I can imagine. Is it? Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so Thanks, Maureen. Yeah. Um, that was beautiful. Just want to invite you to enjoy yourselves tonight, hang out, and um, please come back first Thursday next month. And, uh, and uh, since I'm really poor at advertising, please spread the word uh, that the faith is happening here. If you are who you should be, you'll set the world on fire. Amen. Yeah. Yeah.